You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. This is episode seven. This intro is going to be short because this is a great episode, a great guest. Whenever I first decided I'm going to do the podcast, I made a list of the people I wanted to be on the first couple of episodes, and Amy Beckley was number one on my list. I met Amy. You'll hear the whole story, so I'm not going to go into it here in the intro. But I met her over Instagram three years ago, and she quite literally changed my fertility journey. She is a badass woman making the way for women, you know, who have had miscarriages, who have had multiple miscarriages. And um, I cannot say enough good things. For those that don't know about Prove, Prove is an at-home urine testing of PDG, which we go into the difference of PDG as well. It's really hard to say. Um, but it's basically like a form of progesterone or a concentrated form of progesterone. And so these at-home tests bridge the gap between not being able to test and our doctors not wanting to order blood work because we find that happens a lot. And I'm sure that a lot of people are listening to this. You've asked your doctor to test your progesterone on day 21. They've said, no, it's pointless. And we get into why they say it's pointless. This episode is just so good. And it's filled with helpful information. I learned a lot, even though I thought I knew a lot about progesterone in general. Um, Amy is a wealth of knowledge. We talk about progesterone, how it plays into endometriosis, PCOS, miscarriage, getting pregnant, staying pregnant, pregnancy in general, and just overall hormone health. It's just buckle in. Like, this is a great episode to listen to. Um, I hope that you enjoy. If you're looking for ways to support the Miscarriage Doula podcast, go to the miscarriagedoula.co slash support. That's where you'll find our partners, discount codes, affiliate links, and you can shop some of your favorite places at no extra cost to you, and we earn a commission, and we're so thankful. Um, 25% goes straight into the Miscarriage Doula Fund to give our services to women for free. And the rest goes right back into the business to make content for you, make it bigger and better than ever. So I appreciate you supporting the show so much. I would also love to dedicate this episode to Proof since we're talking to Amy Beckley herself. Proof is the first and only FDA cleared test to confirm successful ovulation at home. Problems with ovulation are a leading cause of infertility, and it's actually my cause of infertility. Prove helps provide critical information to help women understand if this might be the issue so they can move forward to explore other things if it's not the issue or address it. Prove works by detecting PDG, the progesterone metabolite, hope I'm saying that right, after suspected ovulation. Prove was invented by PhD scientist Amy Beckley, 
who you are going to hear on this episode of the Miscarriage Doula podcast after she went through infertility herself and seven losses in total. Proof's mission is to help other women get more information earlier on in their journeys so they don't have to suffer month after month of disappointing pregnancy test results or loss after loss with no answers. Visit ProofTest.com and you can use my code ARDEN20 for 20% off. I cannot recommend Prove enough. Go and get it if progesterone has been something you've questioned. I wanted to start the episode off talking about how I found proof because I feel like people think that I am like uh, the spokesperson for proof because I talk about it so often, but I seriously, like I can't stress enough how much I just love everything that you guys do. And you and Ellen are two really big supporters of me in my journey. And so um, I, I think that you guys reached out to me on Instagram and for a product yep. review. And this was like at the beginning of my Instagram page where I had, I, I didn't even know that like I could do free product reviews. And I was like, sure, cool, anything. Um, and so I did it and I didn't even know what was important about progesterone. I was like, okay, I'll do these tests. And then I think right around the time that you guys sent me prove, my doctor mentioned that I might have a luteal phase defect. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? Had no idea. Um, and then doing the cycle of proof, never getting a positive um, PD, PDG test, and then bringing that to my doctor is like, okay, so there's something going on with my progesterone. And that literally confirmed it. And then the rest is kind of history because then I was put on progesterone suppositories. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, Dr. Park was my doctor for, with my son and making that connection was like, wait, what, 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 a, what a small world. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I don't even know if whenever I sent him, cause it was a portal email that I sent him with pictures of the test to say, Hey, look, I took these at home tests and I never got a positive, which means my progesterone is low. Will you consider prescribing me some progesterone. He didn't even put two and two together because he worked on proof or he had some involvement on some level or um, knew about it somehow. Right. Well, so I had the, so, so he was my doctor with my son who I did IVF with. And then after I had him, I was like, I'm not doing IVF anymore. I want to do it. I want to find out what's wrong. And so I had him as a doctor and we were doing like Famara and we were doing um, progesterone and I did a, a frozen transfer with him um, just because I had really good insurance. And I was like, I had embryos and I didn't want to leave them. And I knew that once I switched another job, I wasn't going to have good insurance. And I was like, I have to, I have to like see if they, you know, can, can be children. Um, but then I moved and so he wasn't my doctor when I had my daughter. And so there was like this five-year gap where I didn't talk to him at all. And then I developed Prove. And then I came back to him and said, hey, do you want to be an advisor for the company? You know, our conversations that we had in your office were like, what helped me like, you know, get this idea out and realize the gap. So he wasn't there during the whole process. He definitely had a role in it. And then I looped him back in, 
but well it makes sense for him just knowing his demeanor from being his patient he's very much into the science of things and how it works and he was a great doctor i really i loved having him as my re he handled my miscarriages really really well you know i hear stories of other people and how their doctors handled it and i'm very lucky to have had him yeah, he's great. I actually had a conversation with him um, earlier this week or late last week. Um, oh, really? So we're going to start a clinical study, um, and he's going to be one of our advisors. So we are so we have the Prove app that digitizes all the tests, and so we're going to have people enroll, and so we can look at their hormone patterns and see if it can tell us anything about like their chances of pregnancy, like what hormone levels say what. I mean, we always know that, you know, if your progesterone or if your PDD drops to a certain level, like that you're more at risk for a loss or or not conceiving. Like we know that, but we don't have hard numbers. Like you're X times more likely to conceive with this type of chart or whatever. And so really solidifying like ovulation quality and hormone patterns and and really collecting that data. Um, And so having him involved in that study would be pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And I think um, whenever I asked for questions on Instagram, that was one of them is like, why won't my doctor listen to me? And it's because there aren't studies that show like direct numbers of, sure, you will experience miscarriage if you don't have progesterone. It's just kind of like all over the place to where some doctors believe it and then some doctors don't. And that gets really frustrating. Yeah, I mean, part of the, the reason is the science, like the, the way that people are designing science experiments are wrong. So if you think about progesterone, its job is to prepare the body for pregnancy. So if you don't have any progesterone, your uterus is like a slide and it just like the embryos just slide right off. And you need progesterone to make it this sticky environment so that the embryo can like stick and thrive. And so if you're doing the study and you're not giving a woman progesterone until after her positive pregnancy test, then you pretty much miss that opportunity. And so the studies are being wrong. So there's this huge study and it was like 3% chance or increased pregnancy rates with progesterone use. I'm like, yeah, but you gave it to the women after they were already pregnant. That's like too late because that embryo is already like slid off and she didn't get pregnant in the first place. So if you do the, Correct studies, the real science, it's three days after ovulation because you want the progesterone on board to get your uterus ready. So by the time we amb- the embryo gets down the fallopian tube into the uterus, it's like a perfect environment. You have the highest chance at conception. Those studies are up to 50% higher birth rates, up to 50%. Yeah, no, that's crazy. And nobody ever mentioned that to me. Nobody ever caught my luteal phase defect until like a year and a half into trying, which I remember seeing my primary doctor multiple times and bringing that up. I didn't even know as a woman, I knew nothing about my body. I didn't even know progesterone was important. And I didn't know that really until (laughs) I met Prove and, and that kind of educated me. And I didn't realize, I think I was using progesterone cream at the time. And I think you guys nicely were like, that's not really doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's because there hasn't been a good diagnostic for it. Um, You know, my luteal phase was, my luteal phase defect was 
undiagnosed for years too because my CD21 or seven days DPO progesterone was fine. It looked great. It showed ovulation. It was fine. Um, but they weren't, they didn't keep tracking. So it's like, just because it's up on seven doesn't mean it's going to stay up. And, you know, what I like to say is, you know, that window of implantation is seven, eight, nine, and 10 days after ovulation. And so if your progesterone drops before the embryo gets there, your uterus lining starts to degrade. And again, it's not that healthy environment. Right. So there wasn't a good diagnostic for it. And so that's why we created Prove. Yeah. And I'm very lucky that you did. You know, people asked, and now I'm going to jump around all of my questions just because I could talk about progesterone forever. Um, Somebody asked, (laughs) and I feel like progesterone comes up all the time to where I've learned so much to where like somebody will tell me about their miscarriage journey and I'm just like, you need to test your progesterone. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of them tell me that their doctors tested on day 21 and it was fine. And I always tell them that the progesterone level fluctuates so much that you really have to track it consistently to know the pattern, to know when you need help because it's different for everybody. And that's, what's really hard. And going back to Dr. Park, he said something to me that stuck with me after my second miscarriage because I was on progesterone for my second miscarriage, but the progesterone helped me get pregnant because getting pregnant is what I really needed the progesterone for. Um, I have no idea if during pregnancy, you know, it was fine. It was just getting pregnant was really difficult because I didn't have the progesterone needed to make it that environment. And he said to me, he said, progesterone won't make a good pregnancy bad or a bad pregnancy good. And I remember thinking like, okay, so what if I'm pregnant, but I like have low progesterone with a good pregnancy, won't that make it bad? And I always, I've just always thought about that. And so I don't know if you have any thoughts over that, um, that saying, or if it's just doctor talk for, we couldn't do anything to change it now. So next time we'll, we'll do better. Well, so I, I half agree with his statement. So if you have a bad embryo, you can't throw progesterone on it and, and think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you have a healthy egg and a healthy embryo, but you don't have enough progesterone to support that, then you can get, um, you know, what I call a, a preventable miscarriage, right? So, um, but you never know you never know which, which case it is. So, I mean, will it make a bad pregnancy good? Yes. If the bad pregnancy was a hormonal issue, um, you know, progesterone is, is a magical hormone. It does so many different things like, um, progesterone decreases the immune response in your uterus. So you don't attack an embryo. And so all these people that have like antiphospholipid syndrome and like, you know, and autoimmune disorders, this and that, they don't, they might not have low progesterone, but even putting them on more progesterone could help dampen that immune system and help them actually get pregnant. So it's like all the common causes of miscarriage, if you go through them, it's like, well, no, progesterone can help with that. Progesterone can help with that. And it's not just low progesterone. Um, you know, can it help with genetic issues? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, if you have an infection, no. If you have a, a structural abnormality, no. Um, but 
you know, like the clotting disorders. So progesterone has a role with, with clotting. Um, you know, the immune response, those are really big ones. So it's like progesterone is, is a hormone that prepares the body for pregnancy. And so it's not just preparing the uterus, but it's, a, it, it's preparing your whole body and how it reacts to the embryo. Um, and so, you know, if the embryo is bad, then no, progesterone is not going to help it. But if you don't have enough of it, yes, progesterone absolutely can help you. Oh, and that leads me into asking, um, a lot of people ask this too. I know the answer, but I'd like to hear your <laughs> answer. Um, if you can have too much progesterone. You know, that's a really common question. And technically, yes. But in theory, in practice, no. Um, there are a few women that have anxiety and um, just a hypersensitivity to extra progesterone. Um, and so, you know, women like that shouldn't just blindly take it. They should take it if they need it. Um, but, you know, in general, no, you can't really have too, too much of it. Um, if you think about, you know, during pregnancy, when you're nine months pregnant, your level of progesterone is huge. It is so high. And so it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, it's like everything else in life, you know, is gluten bad? No. Some people have an intolerance. Yeah. But it's like, you can't just in general say, you know, yes, too much is, is a bad thing. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I say um, you can't overdose on it. Like it won't, it technically won't really hurt anything except for like maybe in the small percentage of people, but it's um, another question that I saw a lot was, is there a benefit to staying on progesterone through 36 weeks of pregnancy? Um, And how come the range is different? Doctors will say that you can come off your progesterone between eight and 12 weeks and then some women still miscarry after 12 weeks and wonder if they should have been on it longer. Um, so yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah, so I saw that question asked multiple different ways. And so I guess it's the, you know, is there a benefit to staying on progesterone throughout your whole pregnancy? I know in my rainbow pregnancy with Cameron, I stayed on until 16 weeks. And I mean, I fought my doctors to stay on until 16 weeks because I was so anxious to come off. They tried to get me off at 10 weeks and I said, no, not going to happen. And I would have stayed on until 36 weeks if um, I hadn't run out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, so if you think about what progesterone is, it's progesterone. So it's the progestational hormone. So your body needs progesterone the entire pregnancy. Um, and so if any time during your pregnancy it drops, you either are going to have a miscarriage if it's early on, or you're going to have preterm labor when you're further along. So, you know, progesterone is essential hundred percent throughout the entire pregnancy. Um, and what happens right around eight, 10, 12, 14 weeks, that transition period is you go from your ovaries producing the progesterone to your placenta producing the progesterone. And so most doctors that think about 
supplementing with progesterone, they think you only need to supplement it when your ovaries are making that progesterone. Because as soon as you have a placenta and it takes over progesterone production, you're fine and it's not an issue anymore. Your body's just gonna know what to do. Most of the time, that is 100% true. But there are women that have placenta issues and they are put on injectable forms of progesterone their entire pregnancy. They go in once a week, they get injectable progesterone. Um, so it's less common, but it's still there. Um, and so what I always tell our women is have, have your bloods taken, have, have a blood test, see what your levels are, follow up with another blood test a couple days later, just because it fluctuates so much. You want to get at least two two time points where you can see what the levels are, you know, put that on. There's like a, a curve that tells you the average amount of progesterone throughout your pregnancy and plot that for where you are in your pregnancy. And if you're tracking great, cool, you know, come off of it, um, wean yourself off. Um, you know, it's a personal decision, but if someone's very apprehensive about it, um, go get testing. There's, there's no reason, you know, if your doctor won't do it, you can literally go to quest inside Safeway. I don't you have Safeways over there. You know, you can go to quest and get it drawn yourself for like 30 bucks. <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't think people are aware of that. Cause I know that I wasn't aware of that. Um, I know around here we have like lab corp and I think we have quest, but I didn't know that you could just go in and request it. I guess maybe yeah. certain tests you can. You go to walkinlabs.com. Um, I'm not affiliated with them at all. I just, I use them for everything. <laughs> but you, you can go on there and there's like a test menu and you, you pick what you want, you pay for it. It sends it to the lab place. You get your blood drawn and they send you the results. Um, and, you know, anybody who doesn't have a doctor that that is great, we always send them there. So one of my biggest pet peeves is, Doctors don't want to see a woman when she's pregnant until she's like eight weeks. And I'm like, you're missing the most important part because if there's an issue, you can fix it. But the whole like field is, well, 25% of women lose their pregnancies before, you know, eight weeks. So why should we see them? Because they're just taking up our resources. Let's like let them miscarry. And then we don't have to deal with them because if they've made it by eight weeks, it's a real pregnancy and then we can see them. And I'm like, no, what if you could yeah. save those women from that? And so we have a lot of women that are in that boat where they're like, my doctor won't see me. I'm like, look, walkinlabs.com, order your own blood work, get HCG and progesterone 48 hours apart, both of them, and, and get your levels, go on any forum anywhere and look at the results. And if they don't look good, take that, take that data to your doctor, take it to somebody and, and, you know, advocate for yourself because that's absolutely ridiculous. Like women shouldn't have to have one loss or two losses or anything to get the treatment. It's just, so yeah, it's a huge pet peeve of mine. So I'm like, mm -hmm. they don't want to do it, go do yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did not realize that you could go and just get the blood worker. I would be telling people that too, because I come across that a lot, that doctors won't even do blood work. They think it's not worth it if they're not bleeding or, and then you look at the definition of like recurrent pregnancy loss and it's not even recognized if 
you didn't have blood work at your doctor and you can't prove that you were pregnant, which is, you know, that's so demeaning of a woman's grief in general. And it's just, that stuff makes me so angry uh, if I really sit here and think about it. But, you know, that's a good way to kind of have it on paper that, hey, I was pregnant and, you know, things aren't looking great. And so that kind of can help you in the future too. Can can women use Prove to test during pregnancy and to use those results or does it not work no. the same? No, no. Um, we, once you get pregnant, the person that needs to care for you is your doctor. You need to go get somebody else to care for you. Um, and it's basically the way that the test works. So ours picks up the optimal levels after ovulation is to show you have a good ovulation quality and enough, um, you know, PDG, which is the progesterone metabolite during that critical time in your cycle. If you are pregnant, that number goes up. <laughs> um, and so, you know, our tool isn't as useful anymore. Um, and, and really shouldn't be used to monitor a pregnancy. Um, yeah, plus we're not we're not FDA cleared for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get into the legal terms. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's good to know because, um, you know, when I think of like progesterone testing at all, and if I didn't ask that, then I would automatically assume, well, if my doctor won't do it, I can find, you know, the same product I use to test my ovulation. And so it's good to clear that up. Um, and I meant to ask this early on, but can you explain the difference between PDG and progesterone? Yeah, yeah. So, so progesterone is the hormone that's released after ovulation. So you get a you know a positive ovulation test, LH surge, your ovary releases the egg, and then it turns into the corpus luteum and starts making progesterone. So progesterone is a serum a protein; it goes in your blood, and it is required to get pregnant. And the, basically, the, the way that it works is it works on a negative feedback loop. So when your progesterone is low, your brain sends a signal to the ovary to make more progesterone, and then you get a spike. And so if you're looking at serum progesterone levels, you see it go up and down throughout the day because of this, this it's low, then I spiked, and then it got low, and then it spiked. Um, and so that's why getting a single blood progesterone level at your doctor can tell you that you ovulated, but doesn't tell you how well you've ovulated. It doesn't really give you a good picture of, you know, your ovulation quality. And so the way that PROVE works is we measure the metabolite of progesterone in first morning urine. And so if you're sleeping all night, which is when progesterone is metabolized at night, um, it collects in your bladder. And then when you take that first morning urine sample, you get a snapshot of what your progesterone was the day before. So it's like an average level. And so you can take that measurement and you can do that four days in a row and you can understand what your average progesterone levels were in your cycle. And so in proven fertile women, PDG levels are the highest seven through 10 days after that LH surge. And so when those levels drop too low or too soon, they don't stay up you know, high enough, long enough is what we like to say, um, then that's an ovulatory problem that could cause problems with successful conception. So getting and staying pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's what um, my results were because 
mine, if I remember right, like never, the line never even like changed colors. It was just constantly negative, um, which, you know, it, we went on to think um, that I have an egg quality issue, which is probably true because I'm not ovulating great or maybe not even releasing an egg. And so it's kind of, um, that's things that I didn't know happened because I, I always had positive LH tests. So I don't think people are aware that just because you have a positive LH test, that doesn't mean that you actually ovulate. And I really wish I had known that like a year and a half prior, cause I spent a lot of money on those tests. Um, so testing, uh, the proof tests come with the one month comes with five, correct? And so you start testing day seven and you test until you get a positive, but it's normally between seven and 10. Am I saying that right? Um, so we want the woman to test all four days and then we count the number of positives. So to have a high quality, really good ovulatory event, she wants three or four positive tests during that window. If it's one or two, um, then that's a poor quality ovulation. And if it's none, then she probably did not ovulate. So, um, you know, it helps know, yes, I'm ovulating and yes, I'm ovulating well, or if I'm not, um, you know, if you're not ovulating, you know, you need to ask your doctor about Fomara or Clomid or something like that. Um, but if you are ovulating and it's just not a high quality ovulation, you could get away with just doing progesterone supplements. I mean, it really just depends on who you are, um, you know, where you are in the journey, but, you know, having that information of I'm ovulating or I'm not ovulating is, is really important information. Yeah. And um, I want to note that you guys recently came out with the predict and confirm kit, which has LH and the PDG. So it, you can test both of them. You can do which are your peak days and then confirm ovulation, which is really great. Um, and I'll put links to everything in the show notes. And I, I'm going to put this into a blog post and stuff too with all the information because it's so important. Um, some other questions that we got were signs of low progesterone. And I actually found a blog post on Prove's website because it, I always go to Prove's website. I don't even know if you know that because whenever I'm looking up something about progesterone, I can find a blog post on almost anything. And it had some of the signs of low progesterone and it was talking about, um, like fatigued and, um, low sex drive, um, anxiety, like some of those things are signs of low progesterone. It made me wonder how many times like we're diagnosed with anxiety and we're just told that we're anxious or, you know, stressed out, but we have low progesterone. And so I think back to my own personal health and I'm like, I've literally had signs of low progesterone for years. And I've just always thought that, that I just feel like crap. (laughs) And so I don't know if you, um, if you can discuss like the signs of progesterone, the physical, mental, emotional, all of those different signs, um, rather you're trying to conceive or not. Yeah. I mean, that's actually how I came across your, your Instagram account is, you know, I, I, I saw you were struggling and then I was like, like listening to your posts and reading them. I was like, 
this girl's got low progesterone. I will put money on it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to send her so I can. <laughs> so that, that's really how it happened is I was like, no, 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 this is her problem. And I'm going to help her because yeah. like, I could, I could tell the, the pain. And I, I felt like I was like, you were a younger version of me. And yeah. it was like, anyway, anyways, sorry, sorry to kind of go back, but um, yeah, low progesterone, you know, the common ones are spotting during your cycle, um, shorter cycles, um, headaches is a big one. Um, if you get a lot of PMS, that's one that people don't actually think about. Um, and so if you're really moody, um, as Ellen likes to say, she wants to kill her husband about two days before her period. Um, it's because progesterone is dropping. Um, and so that's, that's not a normal feeling. Um, but you know, some people are more sensitive to progesterone than others. We have several women that take progesterone just to ease their anxiety. So they're not even trying to conceive. They're just, um, it helps with depression and anxiety. Um, a bunch of other people that do it for, uh, mental clarity. So if you feel like you have brain fog, you're not really like processing things, um, insomnia in the middle of the night. So I don't know if you ever had that, but mm-hmm. in the luteal phase, you wake up and you're like, I'm up and I can't fall asleep. I don't know what's going on. That's I literally had every single one of the symptoms. Like it's insane. And the brain fog. And now that I'm postpartum, I don't know what is from that hormonal imbalance and what's from like my normal hormonal imbalance. And so I'm just always in a brain fog, but you said that you had people that um, are on progesterone just for like maintenance of their overall well-being. If somebody were to ask their doctor about that, at what points would they be on progesterone like every day, all the time, and just not have a period if they're trying to conceive or only after ovulation and you have to do natural family planning? Um, I mean, it depends. Um you know, everyone's unique. I'm, you know, I'm not going to give medical advice, but there's a lot of like, go back to the, the progesterone cream, right? You, you were on progesterone cream, um, which wasn't really effective for you for, for trying to conceive. It wasn't a high enough dose for you, but women that are, you know, brain fog or, or something else, those types of things can help. Um, you know, women that are menopausal can use the creams because it's a, it's a smaller dose um, and they don't need as much. Um, you know, we're actually coming out with our own progesterone product um, shortly, Ooh, but I'm it's so a oil-based as opposed to, yeah, yeah, it's oil-based as, as opposed to a cream. Um, and so um, it, it absorbs better, I guess. Um, it's, it's just more effective. It's a higher dose than a cream would be. Um, but you know, never take something without a doctor, um, because you could be taking something on the right, the wrong time or whatever, but then it's, it's almost like this, this feedback loop where it's like, well, how do you find a doctor that knows what they're talking about? <laughs> so right. it's really hard. Um, naturopathic doctors are really good with hormones. Um, they're much more willing to microdose and to work with you. And so there's no one size fits all, I guess. It's really just depending on what that woman wants. What's her, what are, what are her history? What are her symptoms? Um, 
you know, a naturopathic doctor understands those things a little bit better. Um, I don't know how many times I've gotten an email or a Facebook post with my doctor told me to take progesterone on day 15. I'm like, no, please don't because you need to ovulate first. <laughs> then, yeah. then you need to confirm ovulation and then you can start your progesterone. It's not like you ovulated on day 13 and then you can take your progesterone on day 15. Um, right. So there's a lot of misinformation out there as well. Um, it's crazy, right? So it's like even the doctors that mean well and they're prescribing the right things, they want to generalize it too much, right? Mm-hmm. They want to just say, oh, well, every, every woman's got a 28-day cycle and they're going to ovulate on day 13, so just take just take this. Um, right. you know, it's, a, it's a day 21 draw, it's just this. It's like, no, you need to individualize the plan for me because I didn't ovulate on day 13. I don't have right. a 28-day cycle. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I've thought about that with the 21 day blood test, because if I were to have a 21 day blood test, I would have only ovulated two days before that. It would tell us nothing. Like, it's just so crazy that that's the norm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a 24 day cycle and I'm ovulating on day 11 sometimes. So that would do nothing for me because I'm on the other side. <laughs> right. And that's, that's the other thing is I did not know that not everybody ovulated on day 14, which I now think sounds so ridiculous whenever I say it out loud, but I have a 26 day cycle. And I thought that that was just, it was so close to 28 days that it was regular and I was super fertile and everything was fine. Um, but I ovulated on day 18, 19 or 20 of a 26 day cycle and I just thought, okay, I ovulate late. That means that my eggs are super great quality because they had extra time to grow. And it's just so much misinformation or there's just not, I was never taught that stuff in school. You know, I was just taught don't have sex ever. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you have sex, you'll get pregnant. That's it. And here's how to wear a pad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just how to put a condom on a banana. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's crazy how progesterone really makes or breaks everything. And I also have people who tell me that their doctor puts them on progesterones to jumpstart their period. I don't know if that's that always seems really weird to me, knowing how progesterone works, though, because it's kind of like. Like if you think about how birth control works, that's kind of a, like a fake bleed if you are on birth control. And I don't know how that works with doing progesterone to induce a period. Yeah, that's typically Provera, which is a synthetic form of progesterone. And so it acts on the same receptor and, and tells your body you've seen progesterone. And then when you come off of it, you get that withdrawal bleed. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the same of, of birth control. Right. That's what I was thinking. I always think it's such a, a strange thing whenever, um, people have told me that I'm looking at, um, so with prove one question, I feel like I'm jumping around, but I just keep getting off to where one thing is reminding me of another question. Um, whenever women track their PDG with prove, 
do you normally recommend to start with tracking one cycle or is consecutive cycles that way you have that data kind of the best way to go? You know, I actually just answered this question today and there, there's no real answer. Um, you know, start with one cycle. If, you know, for example, if you're 41 and you want five babies and you took approved tests and they're negative, I don't want you testing again. I want you getting help like immediately. Yeah. Um, wh whereas if you're 23 and you just came off birth control and you don't want to know, you, you're trying to learn about your body and you don't want to actually start trying for another year. Maybe you're like planning or something and you get negative proofs. I wouldn't be running to your doctor to ask for stuff. You know, you can do natural things. You can do diet changes, lifestyle changes. Um, you can track it. Maybe the, whatever birth control you were on was messing with. You just need a few more months. So I always say, you know, follow, follow your heart and what your, your heart is telling you to do. Um, if you get one cycle of bad results and you think, yes, this is it. This is my problem. I, I want to go get help. By all means, go get help. You know, find a doctor, talk, talk to them about the results. If you don't have a doctor, we have this great doctor that we now collaborate with that does virtual visits and can help with ovulatory problems. So he can prescribe things like Clomid and Fumara and Progesterone over the phone, over a video consult, which is amazing. Um, and so that was really important for us because we're like, we don't want women to have this information about their bodies and then get turned away. Like we've got to have a resource, like kind of like complete the loop. Um, you know, and then other people, they want to see trends. Um, it, everyone's unique. Um, we're here to support you, whether you've used prove one cycle or, or 12 cycles. Um, it's just, it's, I don't want to tell you what to do. Um, we like to give women information and education and options. Um, you know, you can take progesterone supplements or you can fix it with diet and lifestyle and other things. So it just depends on what's working with you and your journey and what you need at the time. And every time I talk about Prove on Instagram, I always mention how you guys, like, it is not about selling the most product. It's not about, it, it's so much about passion and really wanting to help people. And I think that that's really, it's really rare in a company. Um, and that's why I back you guys up like all the time and support you anytime I can, because it's just, you guys have built community within your brand and I think that that's really important and that's missing from a lot of like reproductive products and things that can help us um, along the journey because you see all over Instagram people are like do this test and you'll get pregnant next cycle and it's a lot of a lot of taking advantage of the desperate and I feel like you guys are more about empowering and educating and I just think it's amazing I literally I have only nice things to say um, lovey. Yeah, no, um, it's important. Yeah, well, and, and your own story, like, you know, you have, it's more than just passion behind it. It's like you said, whenever you found my profile, it's kind of like seeing yourself in people to where you want to help your younger self and you want to educate that version of yourself. And I think about that all the time. Like, I think I shared a, a post where I wrote a letter to myself to educate myself on miscarriage before it happened to me. Like I, we wish that we could do that all the time. So instead we talk to the people that haven't experienced it yet. And I think that's 
it's really unique and it's different. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a very confusing time and there's not that much education and women are desperate for answers and resources and people to talk to them and, and to get their, their goal. So we don't have a, you know, pregnancy guarantee or anything like that, but we have a guarantee that if you have a question, you will get an answer the same day. Um, and if you have to talk to somebody over and over and over, we have call center, we have, you know, email inbox, we answer on Instagram, we answer on Facebook, we have our own community. I mean, half of our staff is literally consumer facing people. Like we just educate, educate, educate so that they have the best answers and the best information because that's what's needed. It's not, you can't just take a test and have an answer. You need to know what that means and how to advocate for yourself and what to do with that information. What are the next steps? Otherwise we didn't do our job. We failed you. So. Yeah. I, I think it says a lot about you guys and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are completely women like ran business, right? Yeah, that's okay. Seven that's what I tell people. Months. So I'm, I'm really glad to, to make sure that I'm telling the right information because I've been spreading that around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that's really important too. Um, a few of the other things that we didn't touch on that I actually think is really interesting is progesterone and PCOS. And this is something that PCOS has never come up for me. Endometriosis has come up for me. But after having Cameron looking at some of my symptoms, nobody would listen to me about endometriosis to where now I'm thinking I have PCOS, but I also self-diagnose myself all the time. Um, but I'm actually going to go in and get an ultrasound to see kind of what's going on post baby. But is there a correlation between low progesterone and PCOS? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so women with PCOS, they have a bunch of immature follicles in their ovaries and it's harder for those to mature and to rupture. And so basically your, your body sends signals in the form of LH and FSH being mature, 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 come on, come on, come on, let's ovulate, let's ovulate. And so you get all these follicles that don't actually ovulate. And so, um, eventually a woman will ovulate when she has PCOS sometimes. Um, and when she does, it's not a good ovulation because of all the crazy like signals that are yelling down on her ovaries that her ovaries like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Fine. And they'll like do something, but it's not effective and it's not good. And so the most common reason why women with PCOS are infertile is low progesterone. If they don't ovulate, they don't have any progesterone. And if they are ovulating, more, more times than not, they have low progesterone levels after they ovulate just because of the, chem the, the hormone imbalances that's going on in the, in the ovaries. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. Um, when I did Legazole and they monitored my um, follicles, I had a bunch of small follicles to start out with. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's so good. I have so many eggs to work with. And then they, you know, didn't mature. <laughs> and so, um, you know, looking back, I wish I would have asked more about PCOS, but I, until I read this blog post on your website, I did not realize that progesterone and PCOS um, had something to do with each other. And I also didn't know that people with PCOS don't always look the same. Like it's not always 
you know, hair growth in different places. It's not always a weight issue. And so I think that's another thing. There's so many reproductive topics that we are just not educated on. Yeah. There, there's also a connection between progesterone and endometriosis. So endometriosis is an overgrowth of your uterine cells somewhere outside of your, your uterus. And those uterine cells are very receptive to estrogen. And so if you have a lot of estrogen receptive cells and you don't have enough progesterone to counteract that, you get really bad symptoms of endo. And so one of the, the good therapies for a woman who has endo, who wants to try to conceive is high dose progesterone in her luteal phase, because it's basically like your balance is tipped and you're so estrogen high and progesterone low that, you know, a normal person that didn't have endo, the progesterone would be fine, but endo just kind of tips that scale. And so if you give that person progesterone, you kind of put it back in balance and that can help her relieve her symptoms, get pregnant, um, you know, lessen her, her infertility, lessen her painful periods. Um, so there's, there's a big connection there too. That's so interesting. And I know that you're not like, I know I'm picking your brain about endometriosis and PCOS and those aren't your specialties necessarily, but it's so it's interesting. Like with endometriosis, why wouldn't they just test your estrogen and your progesterone you know, after ovulation to see if it is unbalanced, because couldn't that help them diagnose that without doing surgery? Because as far as I'm aware, they they keep telling me they can only do surgery, which would cost thousands of dollars. And it's so insane. Yeah. And it's just hormone imbalances could signal it. It's just, I feel like if they would test these hormones more often and look at trends, they could probably diagnose people much sooner with a lot of different issues. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Absolutely. It's so crazy. Um, another question is if a slow um, basal body temperature rise over a few days after ovulation can mean low progesterone. Um. So, so basal body temperature can be a blessing and it can also be a curse at the same time. Um, you know, everyone's not everyone, but a lot of women are tracking their temperature and they see the spike in, in, you know, BBT and they're like, Oh, I've ovulated. There's nothing wrong. I don't need to worry about progesterone levels or whatever, whatever I've ovulated. I'm fine. Um, but temperature is impacted by a variety of hormones, not just progesterone. So, so it's like, your progesterone is low, so your temperature is low, and then your progesterone goes high, and then your temperature goes high. So the higher your temperature, the, the more progesterone you have, right? That's a logical thought. The problem is thyroid impacts uh, temperature. Estrogen impacts temperature. So estrogen causes the temperature to go down and progesterone to go up. And if you have low thyroid, you have low temperature. So there's all these competing forces that are acting on your temperature. So when you have a low rise, it could be low, low progesterone. It could also be high estrogen. It could also be thyroid issues. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, monitoring temperature is good, um, but it can only tell you so much. It can't tell you what your hormone levels are. And if you're using it for that to determine your hormone levels, it's, it's going to, 
almost prevent you from reaching your goals because it's going to mask a problem that you had that you thought was okay because you had this beautiful temperature chart. Right. Yeah. I, it's like um, an LH test, right? Right. Beautiful LH test and went down and must have ovulated. Well, I don't know. <laughs> right. And I think I only tracked um, my temperature for like a cycle and it was all over the place. And no wonder because my hormones are all <laughs> out of whack. So I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Because <laughs> um, it's it's just not the right thing to focus on um, for some people. But I think for, for super regular, balanced people, you know, it works really well. And that's really great. Um, the last thing I don't think that we touched on, but you just mentioned thyroid, was the impact of thyroid function on progesterone. Is there a correlation between different thyroid diagnoses um, and progesterone? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, So it's like they need each other to thrive. And so if you have low thyroid, you usually have low progesterone because your thyroid helps you make progesterone and then your progesterone helps thyroid get into thyroid hormone get into the cells to do its job so it's very much a you need each other Um, and so women that have high tsh numbers um, typically have low progesterone as well so, you know, and then women that get put on thyroid medication to increase their thyroid, usually their progesterone levels go up after that. Interesting. And see, in all of the talks with progesterone, that was never even mentioned to me. Knowledge is really power whenever it comes to progesterone. Um I feel like we covered all of my questions so out of order, but like they just were rolling off of it, which is so perfect. Um, is there anything else that whenever you like to make sure that your customers are educated that you think are important to mention about progesterone or testing? Um. I mean, we're launching a bunch of educational materials on ovulation quality um, and and why that's important. So, you know, everyone gets their AMH levels tested and that's egg quantity. Um, And so that matters, right? How many eggs do you have left? But then it also matters that you're actually ovulating well and you have a high ovulation quality. Um, so if you think about, you know, sperm, you take a sperm test. Well, you have sperm. Well, it's fine, but it needs to be of a certain quality to actually conceive. And so same idea is for ovulation. It's not a yes, no ovulator. or I didn't. It's a low quality ovulation versus a high quality ovulation. And so, you know, the the better your sperm analysis, the better your, you know, ovulation score, the better it is that you're going to have a chance at conception. And so, you know, the more you know about the body and the more, you know, testing you do, the more complete picture that you have, right? Right. Um, 
if you're just doing LH tests, you're getting one piece of information. If you're just doing temperature charting, you're getting one piece of information. Um, you know, so some people are doing all the things, right? They got their, their Aver bracelet at night and they got their ovulation tests and they got their this and that and all this like stuff, you know, um, and that works well for people and other people, they have, you know, it gives them anxiety to track and, and, and all those kind of things. So like, I'm not going to do anything. So there's no like one size fits all answer. Um, but definitely if you're going to go talk to a doctor, have as much information as possible. Um, and another, another big thing with, with, with miscarriage and, and conception is a male factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, women put all of this on ourselves. It must've been me. It must've been my egg quality. It must've been my, my ovulation. It must've been my uterus had endo. It must've been me, must've been me. But the men could have deformed sperm or they could have something going on. And so we need to share responsibility with our partners. Um, I don't know how many times people come in and they're like, I've got this, 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 this. Well, did you get a sperm test? Well, no. Why would I do that? <laughs> because it takes two. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like you said, the, the sperm analysis can tell you numbers and it tells you like percentage of shape and stuff. And I remember um, my husband had it done and Dr. Park said that it was the type of results you hang on the fridge. And I was like, Oh boy, great. I'm so glad to hear that because you know, I'm sitting here, can't keep a pregnancy, but I'm glad his sperm is, you know, a plus plus. Um, and then my primary doctor said, whenever I told her that, um, she said, well, remember that test says that he has a lot of sperm and that they're moving and that a good portion of them are good, you know, a good shape. He's, she said, but his, his quality could still use improvement and it could still be a contributing factor because they're not staring at every single one under a microscope and seeing what the perfect quality is. And so I always tried to remember that going through it because while it could be an egg quality issue, it could also be a sperm quality issue as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that focusing on egg quality which progesterone has so much to do with. I feel like I'm a pusher for egg quality, but that's what I tell everybody to do. Like focus on things that enhance your egg quality, get your progesterone tested, like focus on your hormones and, and see where that gets you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's never a bad thing to, eat better and live healthier and try to reduce your stress and go out for walks. Um, I mean, that's never, ever is any time bad, right? And bring your partner because that's going to help them with their sperm too. So, yeah. But what if we think we're stressed and we just have low progesterone? So we have all of these symptoms to where we think we're just unhappy people that can't sleep at night and we must not be able to sleep because we're stressed at work because everybody is stressed at work and the whole time we have low progesterone. That's kind of what like drives me nuts whenever I think about all of the symptoms of low progesterone because I have probably written every single one of them off on me having OCD or anxiety. 
Yeah. Uh, so, okay. How many cycles of IVF do you know of that they do not put the woman on progesterone? I don't know how much you know about IVF. No, there's none. And that's why I don't understand why doctors argue progesterone in general, because it's part of every protocol. So it's obviously important. Exactly. This, this is my point is, you know what? It's like, just give her progesterone and what, what, what's going to happen? I mean, you do it in IVF. Why does she got to spend $20,000 on IVF to get progesterone? Like let her take it after ovulation. And if she's one of those few random people that has the reaction, then she just stops taking it. What a big deal. It's not like a, like a implantable thing that's in your arm that lasts for five years. Right. right. <laughs> yep. The doctors are way quicker to put things in your arm <laughs> or put, you know, like devices in your uterus to stop you from ovulating, but not a hormone that can even be given to you in like a natural ish form. I remember mine was from a compound pharmacy where it wasn't like coded in anything. It was uh, supposed to be like non-toxic. I'm not really sure if it was, but um, like it wasn't harmful to me at all. And you can start on a lower dose if you're so concerned with having a reaction too, and then get your levels tested and see if you need a higher one. So it's just, it literally drives me nuts. And if I ever encounter a doctor in the future that will not give me progesterone, they will have to like take me out of their office because I'll be screaming at them or I'll just find somebody else to give me my prescription. But it's just so frustrating. I mean, I had to fight for them to test progesterone in pregnancy at 10 weeks to prove to me I don't need it anymore. Like if I'm going to taper off of it, which is another thing, they didn't even tell me to taper off of it. They said I could just stop. I'm like, why would I just stop something I've been feeding my body for the last 10 weeks? So I tapered. It was like my, I was my own doctor. Um, but again, I do have OCD, so I have to like control those things. Um, another thing I did, and I don't know if you've ever, if anybody's ever told you that they've done this, or if you even think that this is accurate at all. I went in at 15 weeks for an ultrasound and I had the technician show me the blood flow. <laughs> of my uh, placenta and my umbilical cord to the baby because I wanted to show that my placenta was working. And so that's after that is when I tapered off of progesterone. So I have no idea if that was even smart to do or if that was just crazy. <laughs> I, that, I think that was the first that I've ever heard that. I didn't do that with my pregnancy. Um, <laughs> but it's that. It seems logical to me. It seems That's scientifically what I sound. So, I just wanted to see that my placenta was working, that there wasn't like a clog or something in my umbilical cord. <laughs> like that's where my mind was going, and so I refused to stop progesterone until they showed me that my placenta had blood flow. <laughs> yeah, I, I did buy a fetal Doppler, and every single night I would put that on there, and I would listen for the heartbeat because. You know, like I've had seven losses in, in my career. You can't, you can't un have a loss. You can't get that out of your mind ever. Um, and so every single pregnancy, every single moment is just frightening. It's just, it's, you know, and you can't just not stress out, right? You just can't. So you have to have ways to cope and to deal. And, you know, for me, I was on progesterone until 18 weeks because I didn't want to take, I didn't want to come off of it. I, I didn't know if that was the magic, 
thing. I don't know. I'm like, I'm just going to keep taking it. Right. <laughs> and every night listening to the heartbeat because that made me feel better. Um, you know, it's, it's about controlling what you can. And mm-hmm. um, if something doesn't feel right, go going and, and getting help. Um, you know, women know they have this intuition. They just, they just know. Mm-hmm. I, um, I did the Doppler as well. And I say, I've said it a few times in, in sessions with people who have just had miscarriages because they feel like, well, when am I going to get over it? And I remind them that their journey is now their miscarriage journey. Like, it's not like your miscarriage journey is just for a few months. Like you're forever going to be a grieving mother to children that you've lost. And this is your life after. And it's navigating that life after. Like, every pregnancy I have, even if I never have another loss, I'm still going to remember my losses and that loss happens and what loss feels like as it's happening. Um, so it's not, it's like you're saying it, we can't undo losses. We can only move forward and, and right. cope best we can. Yeah. yeah prove was my way to move forward. Um, because I felt like I had these seven losses and if I had known about this, I could have prevented some, if not all of them, I don't know. Um, and, and I felt like that was, that's why I went through what I went through to make it better for people moving forward. And so that's, that's my goal behind the product about the company. And that's why it's so important to, that we're high touch, that we educate, that we empower, that we're there. Whatever question that you have, we will answer it and we will keep answering your questions until you are 100% know, in the know of what you need to know. Um, because if I had known now what I, you know, what I didn't know then, could life have been different? Could I yeah. have, a, you know, and it's like, that's so powerful to know that I could have not had to do IVF. I could have not had to have losses. Um, it's just, it's not fair that people have to go through that if they don't have to. Yeah. I think I I look at it the same way. Um, Even though my journey is different with the progesterone, whenever I have people messaging me that they have had three losses and they're all around the same time and it's all at six weeks and they had spotting first and, and I'm just like, well, will your doctor check progesterone? And they say, no, you know, I'm pregnant. That's all I need to get. I, it's like, I just want to scream because I immediately think about progesterone or I don't think that I could have prevented mine, but if I had known about progesterone earlier, I could have worked on egg quality and progesterone after ovulation to where I could have possibly, you know, um, and those are hard things to think about. And I don't think that people like to say that out loud that things could be different because you know then you wouldn't have the children that you have today and I know I talk about it being a really confusing feeling to want to change my past but also be really okay with where I am now it's a, it's the weirdest most confusing part of grief ever I know yeah I mean like if I hadn't had those losses I wouldn't be here and so they were necessary in a way to get to me where, where I am today. Um, so, you know, it's not like 
I, I want to erase that. I want to say no, um, but it, it's almost a way to, I don't know the right word to, Honor to just, yeah, yeah. I was going to say justify, but that wasn't the right word. <laughs> <laughs> it's like honoring the babies that you've lost and their life has meaning, you know, not just to you, but it has meaning to, to thousands of women who the product is helping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a um, sister who's eight years younger than me and I always teach her that she does everything better than I do because I've taught her what not to do. Um, and she, she saw me go through this and she saw me suffer and, you know, she was 29 or 30 and, and got married and used prove on cycle one, like literally cycle one. And it would never was positive. And so she got on progesterone from the get go and I have a, a nephew now that she's like, Amy, I literally do not think Liam would be here if it was not for proof. And I, I feel like if I don't do anything else in my life with this company, the fact that I help my baby sister not have to live through what I had to live through is like enough. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I think in emails and stuff, I've said the same thing to you to where I feel like I have, I owe my rainbow baby to you guys because I, you know, having progesterone, even for the few cycles before him probably helped prepare my body to carry him. And there's just so many aspects to it. Um, I learned how to advocate for myself. I, I'm so much more knowledgeable to where in the future it's going to help me whenever I try again to where I don't have to go through this, a, a, a loss again. So I definitely think the same thing to where I, I think I owe my rainbow baby to you guys. It's special. <laughs> well, Amy, I've taken up so much of your time, but I could literally talk to you forever because I just, I really love talking about progesterone and learning more. And then I also, Really love just talking to you and connecting with you and talking about Prove. Um, so maybe in the future, we'll have you back on and talk even more about progesterone and infertility and loss and stuff. Um, I'm just really appreciative of your time. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, definitely, if you want to chat again, happy to. Um, we got lots of exciting things going on at Prove. A lot of new products launching. Um, really trying to help women understand their ovulation and, and how to, you know, fix it, make it spectacular to, you know, not only conceive, but to not deal with PMS and headaches and spotting. And, you know, I'm 41, so I'm thinking of menopause, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get to go fun stuff of menopause. So, you know, how can we learn about our body's hormones to get us through life as women? right? To, to thrive and, and to be the best versions of ourselves. So um, that's really the mission behind Prove is help women reach their goals. Mm -hmm.